my spidey senses tingling. The king of making you feel like garbage for your life choices, and the king of this podcast, The Paper Cake Show, episode 99. I ask the questions that people want to ask, Jonesy. I don't beat around no social bushes. <laughs> Welcome to The Paper Cake Podcast, where we talk about industry news. We have a newsman that just reads all of the news. I can't wait to hear what he's got for us today. And we do a book club. We read it all at the same time, read it together, and we talk about it. Grandville. And then we will read your letters live. You will write us an electronic letter, letters at paperkeg.com. And we'll read it to you on the era, making you a star. Uh, but let's go around the room. You know, last week we had a show that was to, to, down, to not downplay it, a hit. Bonafide hit. One of the biggest shows we've ever done. We did a live show with comic shop owners. But let's talk about one man that wasn't there. For the recording aspect, he was there for the Freak Out Book Day. He's a former DC historian. He is a sexy black man. He is taken, ladies... Engaged is what I'm saying. Mark Farrington, welcome to the show. Evening, ladies. What's happening? <laughs> Our lady demographic is like one percent. Agrees by doing that. I said hi to all two of our female listeners, and one of them is married to Slim. Mm. Uh, I wish she listened to the show. I'm very excited for one man. Who is... He's called the VP of Merch. He's the businessman of the show. He... Looks like he's ready to fall asleep, if we can be honest right now. He just yawned rudely into the camera. Uh, VP of our hearts and minds, Dale underscore A. Welcome. Tonight, it's like I'm the VP of hoping Freddy Krueger doesn't reach through this computer monitor and get me because I am on the edge of falling asleep. <laughs> but I'm here for you guys. I'm here for the Paper Keg Show. Thank you. Thanks for um, taking some time out tonight to be with us. I live for this. Um, there's one show host that remains... He he also was at Free Comic Book Day. He was drinking. He was sucking on a cigar. He might have grabbed my rear end a few times <laughs> inappropriately. Only because you deserved it. But he is making his own comic book. He's making things happen. Whereas some people are just sitting at home doing nothing. 
waiting for Google Hangout to work, like us, because it's not working. Uh, Jonesy loves beer. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and uh, may the days of fanfic rain on in your hearts everywhere. <laughs> uh, how about that free comic book day, huh? Dale, did you have a good time? You had a great time. I had a wonderful time. Everybody that asked me, I, I had to be honest and say that it, you know, it kind of seems like we were just there and not quite with a, with an agenda, but yeah. time flew. It was a spectacular time, and we were just, I mean, we were talking comics with whoever would had the courage to approach us and not think we were trying to sell raffle tickets, <laughs> and we'd start asking them questions about what they were reading and stuff, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. I, I almost lost my heart and mind when uh, they, when one particular customer w- thumbed through the Day Tripper book and said that they didn't like the art, quote unquote. You were ready. You put your Adidas's or your New Balances firmly on that concrete. You were ready to flip that table. I wept. <laughs> I wept, and I got tears on my extra wide New Balances, eight and a half. <laughs> It's like your it, baby shoes. my shoes are like California Kings. They're wider than they are <laughs> <laughs> lengthwise. Uh, I had a great time. Jonesy, I think you enjoyed yourself. You had a great time. I did. I loved, uh, I loved everybody who came to the table and interacted. And, uh, you know, I won the contest, the uh, sell the uh, graphic novel contest. It was pretty great. But I did think it was pretty funny, uh, the young lady who didn't like the art on Day Tripper, thought that Who is Jake Ellis was the superior of the two books, having never read them. And uh, Dale's crushed facade when she's like, I think I'm going to buy this one. It looks a lot more entertaining than Day Tripper. I thought Dale was going to crush our table in twain with his right hand and just his anger. Sorry, Dale. I know you're still feeling the pain. That's okay. I uh, I drink to get through it. You know this. We all I know went, that. I went home and drank your sorry self to sleep. Popped the bubbly. We got so many letters since we last recorded. We're going to skip over Niaz. Right. The only news we have, our Paper Keg 100 Book Club Contest winner will be announced when we... Go ahead and do the book club segment during Paper Keg 100. Mm. You will have to wait until then to find out if you won $100 cash for the comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware. 100, and and obviously the amount of letters I would almost assume is because people want them dead presidents. They're trying to get into that contest and they made it just in the nick of time. Yeah. They want those, uh, as they say on the streets, Benjis. They want to make that paper, if you uh, will. Mark, Mark Farrington, yeah. what did you read this week? I want to talk to you about it. I got on the bandwagon and checked out Superior Spider-Man number nine. Oh, my. You guys have been arguing so long about whether or not Spidey killed somebody. I wanted to know for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Tell us about it. Walk us through it, please. Great issue to jump on. Apparently, Peter Parker, a ghost version of him, has been lingering in his original mind, Doc Ock's currently occupying, 
this is the issue where in the mindscape of Peter Parker and Doc Ock, they finally battle it out. And Mark, real quick, is this the first superior issue you've read? This is not. I'm caught up and up to date. This is the oh. first one that motivated me enough to give my two cents in on it. Okay. And the battle takes place in Peter Parker's mind, quote unquote. So Doc Ock joins in and it's Peter kind of venting some of the reader's frustrations, at least I thought, that Doc Ock has alienated Peter's friends and family. He, The public is starting to turn on him. He's murdered his villains. The real <coughs> Spider-Man, Peter Parker, would never do that. Murdered. Go ahead, sorry. They battle. It's incredibly well done. In the end, I thought the way Doc Ock defeated Pillar- Peter was brilliant. When he reminded him of his one little slip-up, his irresponsible moment that Doc Ock took witness of when he tried to stop him from saving a little girl's life. And Peter is just immobilized with feelings of pangs of guilt and shame and doubt. Because, you know, he tried to preserve himself. It's what any of us would have done. For a split Mm -hmm. second, he hesitated. And Doc Ock took advantage of that. And, Mm. spoilers... Doc Ock's the last man standing. Allegedly. Allegedly. It is not revealed that it's actually Doc Ock. You still chewing on that I, bone? It's Doc Ock. You won. It is not. Yeah, I'd, I'd be almost positive it's it's Doc Ock. I mean, come on. I don't know. It was pretty a uh, great cliffhanger where he just let you look at his face and just says, I am free. Does, you know, he doesn't identify himself as Doc Ock, does he? What about all the panels before it where Peter Parker is shown cowering? doesn't even remember his that name. That doesn't face mean black. anything. You still believe in Sam and the Tooth Fairy, don't you? What do you mean? Mm. Nevertheless, fantastic issue. Now we finally get to see Doc Ock on his own without Peter Parker's Jiminy Cricket act in his head. <laughs> I think this, uh, I think Slandot did a, a fantastic <laughs> job writing this issue, and I am curious to see how where this goes from here and how many I I know I don't think we I don't think any of us ever expected that Peter Parker would remain in the mind of Doc Ock as Spidey when Superior first launched but I think everybody became kind of hooked on it so I'm curious to see if a uh, at this point a Doc Ock only as Spider-Man comic continues and has any kind of run without Peter coming back in some form, whether it's taking over Spider-Man's right hand, a la Evil Dead. I don't know. Mm. I'm curious, though. Oh, gosh. You know what? You know what I read this week? I didn't didn't read a whole lot of books. You know what I read this week again? What'd you read? Fear Agent? Fear Agent. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it, you guys. I no, read you just, the. Uh, you just follow your Twitter for that. <laughs> oh God, what a what a magical time! You know, listening to music and rereading all of the Fear Agent issues. But I did want to say that I thought it was interesting on the reread, not having the, um, not not having the creator credits in the in the beginnings of the single issues. Like the trades are formatted now where they only tell you who did the art on the beginning of the book, 
So it's like a more fluid uh, reading. Way back when I first had read them, it, it kind of broke up the story knowing that Tony Moore only did breakdowns or another guy did finishes, etc. But that it had I had like a different vibe re, uh, rereading it. Same same vibe, you know, magic mm-hmm. and uh, love and feelings. But um, I commend you for going back to the fear agent pool so rapidly. I think, I mean, I think it's worthy. I I need to read, I read a lot of books this week, but it's all books that always gets talked about on the show. But if I devoted that kind of time to finishing Fear Agent, oh man. Mm, I think you I should. Would, I will give you the trades so that you can, you know, you put your feet up and you, you put on some of your favorite music if you're into that music while reading comics. Do you tr- are you specifically setting a music mood when you put on Fear Agent? I do. Do you do you do you have a Fear Agent playlist or I anything? Do. Oh wow! It's the, what are, it's what's the on same, that playlist? Well, it's the same. Uh, the album that I read that I was into when I f- when I first did that one night reread, which was the National, and for and now it's kind of like mm-hmm. it fits the story now when I reread it because that's when I had the big emotional mm-hmm. finale. Right, so now it's like it goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll talk, Dale. I will lend you okay. the Madge okay. of the Fear Agent. But I want to hear from uh, that quarter face on the camera. <laughs> it's good uh, thing that being broadcasted. Jonesy loves beer. It is, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you read this week? I want to talk about Ten Grand. Image number one, brought to you by JMS, what? And Ben Templesmith on Art Duties. Did you guys read this book? I did. I did read it. It, I have not read it. Imagine Constantine the movie, but instead of being completely essy, you have Ben Templesmith to pull the title back with just tremendous art on every page of this book. It's uh, a a gentleman who was brought back to life after making a deal with a demon and or an angel. They kind of blur the line as to what it is, and he is going to help people uh, to redeem himself and use magic and occult things and do fascinating things with spells but with Ben Templesmith art so it's not as crappy as my description uh, is quickly and rapidly becoming uh, JMS definitely goes through the motions on this title I mean it's basically Constantine with Keanu Reeves but with the names changed to protect the innocent hmm. but the interiors and the breakdowns and just the great panels that Templesmith does, uh, I, I'm going to pick this book up every month because his, he's just mm. so, he does things so different. And when you tell a really dark story, there's nothing better than Ben Templesmith art. Like think of 30 Days of Night, how, how much his art marries to such a dark story. And he does the same thing here. And it transcends JMS's SE storytelling. It really does. So buy it because it's a beautiful mm. thing to look at. 
I'm going to try to check that out because usually Temple Smith is so uh, unique that sometimes it's kind of hard to slide into. But then once you start reading a story that he's done, it's almost like you can't think of it any other way. It's definitely, the story is definitely a Temple Smith, you know, property. And there's no, you can't picture art by anybody else. I do that with uh, Cal, the Cal McDonald a lot. Like the first Cal McDonald uh, arc with Steve Niles was done by Temple Smith. And it's like, I can't picture Cal McDonald drawn by anybody else but Ben Temple Smith. Right. If, if this title, if uh, Ten Grand was drawn by anybody who does more traditional styling comic book artwork, I wouldn't even be talking about this book. Del Mundo? Uh, you know, Greg Land? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But I just... Do you like JMS? No, I think he's garbage. Sorry. Alleged. Alleged garbage. No, I, I don't think he's garbage. I just think he doesn't turn out new and interesting work. Waste Management MS. Read his Amazing Spider-Man run past the first four issues. Didn't he bring back, or didn't he break up Pete and Mary Jane? Did we read that? I have. Read that? Read that? No, that was editorialized. He wanted to take his name off. Okay. But there hasn't been a person that I've recommended the Amazing Spider-Man Civil War tie into who hasn't liked it. So you How about as Grant? Do you also recommend a Superman Grounded to those same people? Everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> See, here we go. Although I will say that JMS's um, Thor run when he brought Thor back from the dead drink. was pretty great. Drink, everybody drink. But I talked about Thor. We got a drink. <laughs> Jan Jurgens. Now that Dan <laughs> Jurgens run was spectacular. Up there with Walt Simonson's. Yes, hand in hand. Wow. Well, okay. God, <laughs> love fest happening over there. Dale underscore A, let's get rid of this garbage Thor talk. Let us get right into this book that you must hear me out and give my give my review a chance. Okay? I want to talk about a little property I found because, uh, unfortunately... My comics were stiffed by the delivery men or Diamond or somewhere. So I I didn't read any of my normal books this week. I went ahead into the digital pool and picked up Poop Office what? by Ben Pooped. <laughs> <laughs> if this isn't a Comicsology submit title, then it is something very close to it. Put out by Naked Grape Comics. This is literally the office slash office space, but everybody in it is played by a piece of poop. (laughs) I S you not. It is hilarious and it's fun. And that's if you, I mean, you have to like crude poop humor, but it's not like they're, they're pieces of poop. (laughs) I'm going to say poop so many times this episode. They're pieces of poop, but they they lead lives. It's not like there are like the poop the poop isn't always farting and stuff like that. They have names. One of them's wearing in, a cap. One of them's wearing a baseball cap. I just looked at it in the app right now. Absolutely, his uh, y- you go through the life of um, Poopert <laughs> as he is do- taking a job interview. And he gets the job, and he's he just works in an office. 
he works in an office uh, and they have staff meetings S-T-A-P-H <laughs> meetings and he uh, dumperly brings in his new baby like it's just the life of his office they, they, instead of TPS reports they're called TP reports they have uh, they speak about he has to go on an errand to run and look up numbers instead of the budget it's the budget <laughs> it's it's just a it's just a hilarious book and I highly recommend it's worth the two ninety nine it's an HD it it looks like nothing a like HD poop in your life <laughs> HD pieces of poop <laughs> and they had to fill out their timesheets and it is I, I don't know it's. It's worth a shot. I know it sounds like I'm a moron for reading this, but I I loved it, and I think anybody with our sense of humor would at least get a chuckle out of it, if anything. It's definitely worth that much. I am going to buy this book instantly based off just your review, Dale underscore A. And the one where the uh, one employee leaves his microwavable Pareto... In the microwave too long and it burns, it, it causes a stir because you know, just like a real office, you don't want anything burning in the microwave. You should see Mark's face. Look at Mark's face on Google Hangout right now, you guys. Brother's trying he's to keep completely keep his eyes open. I'm, I'm actually he's, pinching his legs to keep him awake at this point. Uh, check it out. Poop off, poop office. It's called. I mean, there's nothing. You take it at face value, and it is brilliant. Brilliant. I hope this guy's on Twitter. I've never been more him. excited to read a book you recommended to me, Dale. I'm not even joking right now. About poop. Patrick Hernandez knows what we're talking about. He's well-versed in poop. That head bobs him. Keep it going. Keep it going. Cooper would be listening to this in his mundane office environment just to get through the day. <laughs> you know, whenever... We play this on the show now. I'm just going to imagine Panooch nodding to himself solemnly. Uh, that the time again is for the lightning round. That's what Patrick Hernandez is, is chiming in for right now. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my wife about uh, doing, she wants to do that like mud run. Sure. So sure I said that we should, if we sign up for it, we should all go dress as Patrick Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> you I watch out with that one because if you mildly say you're interested, she takes that as full committal. Yeah. And I am like currently wrapped up in Couch to 5K. Uh, how's that going? Is it? We'll save it for the flap. That's, yeah. that's probably the hashtag to flap. Oh talk. yeah, definitely yeah, the flap. flap. You actually, you should guys just end the show right now. It's flap. Here comes it. drink. Jonesy is uh, <laughs> showing <drink>. high emotions <laughs> towards the flap podcast for not being on the podcast. Drink. You Finish your drink. Discuss your disdain for the flap on your and Dale's podcast. I I don't know anything about any such podcast. There, Mark. Fountain. Lightning round episode seventy four. Uh, you, you announced it. Dale. Uh, it's Mark's turn, is what I'm telling Dale right now. Mark, <laughs> two sentences or less, a book you read. Uh, give it to us right now, please. Action Comics number 20. For the first time in years, literally years, we get a classic Lex Luthor versus Superman story arc. It's too daggone bad that Andy Diggle and Tony Daniel aren't staying on this book long term, because this arc is great. 
period. Is it my turn? I don't even remember. Yes. Uh, we can fix it from none other than Jess Fink, who you may remember mm-hmm. from a little adult book, Chester 5000. Uh, what would you do if you could go back in time? And see your younger self and help them understand their horny rage. What? <laughs> Is this another Paper Keg Knights related book? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying I'm not done the whole thing. Oh, this is past my two sentences. I can't talk about it anymore. I mean you're just gonna have to you use what I said. That's it. Lightning stop. Lightning stop. Alright, that's it. The Adventures of Superman by Jeff Parker and Chris Samney. Stomach the worst storyline ever told in our lives, friends. Because you're getting 23 pages of Chris Samney art for 99 cents, y'all. Wait, you didn't like the... uh... Lightning rebuttal. Light, lightning end. Lightning Man, for the end I'm, of the I'm show. Hot, I'm hot right now. I want to hear him talk about it. I got to wait until we get through Granville. Jonesy, Mark will be dead by then. He's going to kill himself. <laughs> A plus X issue number seven. Every time I find myself not interested in picking up the book because of budgetary reasons, I read a story in A plus X like the Iceman Thor team up. And I just love this book. It's so fun. Period. Grandville. Anthropomorphic. Uh, Brian A. Talbot. From the Dark Horse Comics Company. Jonesy, please tell us, what is Granville? As you mentioned, Slimothy, Granville is an anthropomorphic tale of a universe of animals that have survived the Napoleonic Wars. It takes place in Europe, uh, where Britain is a domain of France and Detective LeBrock, who is a badger, but that's okay, uh, works for Scotland Yard. A friend of his is brutally murdered and he is drawn in to a pseudo-political superplot that threatens to take, uh, take down Great Britain and perhaps the world at large. He the book gets truly very deep when he goes to Granville, which is another name for Paris, to hunt down his friend's murderers. And get ready for this, folks. There's some 9-11 analogs that go uh, go together in this book, but that doesn't keep it from having a high mystery feel and satisfying ending. Granville. So I take it Governor you Ventura it, loves beer over here. K- 
conspiracy theorists unite. <laughs> uh, uh, was it I think of the book? You ask, Slim? Yeah, yeah nobody asked that, but I want to hear it anyway. <laughs> he insists. Uh, I will read the next volume. I can't mm. say that I loved it traditionally. Like I can't sit here and rant and rave like I usually do. I'm stunned. But I am stunned. But it, this is a majestic book, and the author's dedication to getting the details right and developing a universe that's half steampunk and half like the future of Mouse Guard and a whole bunch of other genres like detailed into one, you just have to hand it to the, the amount of work that went into creating this book. The art is just perfect. I mean, there there's not a bad page to read. And the story is not so convoluted that you can't follow it. I mean, who ever thought that a 30-year-old man would sit and talk about a book that's all about political intrigue that's solved by badgers and otters and rats and pigeons and uh, it's it's crazy and it's it's obviously supposed to be a children's title because it is animals but it's really the the adult themes in this book really make you think and when i talked about a 9-11 analog the main plot of the book the main reveal of the book is that somebody loads um dirigibles up with explosives and basically uses like steampunk robots to fly them in the buildings so that they can unite the people uh, against terrorists it's it's really high minded and high brow it's it's a very interesting book even if you're not into i mean if if you're a superhero guy and you're about to say something like i liked it but that being said you know maybe if that's what you're thinking read it because of how interesting the the tale is and and all of the uh, like I said before analogs you can you can make towards today's modern times done in a book where animals talk and people are like servants. It's real. It's it was it's a great book. Maybe I am writing a raving. I take it all back. You pretty much just talked yourself out of not liking Jonesy it loves it. backpedaling dot com. Tell right. your friends. The roses are Mark still bloom. on the rose. The bloom was off and fell back on in one in one breath. One fell swoop. Like uh, in yeah. American Beauty where the bag just blows in the wind. That was the bloom just coming back on the rose. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Farrington, I was reading this book and I was thinking of you. You know, His own personal hell. I feel like we, we have a firm grasp on how look at Jonesy cuddling up there waiting for his reaction. This is adorable. <laughs> I've been awake the uh, entire episode and he still won't stop pinching my leg. <laughs> Tell me about Granville, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard because I know what I'm about to say is going to crush my big friend over here. Uh huh. Here we go. I nothing to Granville. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just there to me. Um, for some strange reason, this is going to be the most irrelevant commentary I ever have about a book. As I read this book, all I could hear was like British music playing in the background, like Benny Hill and Oasis and the theme song to Danger Mouse, the theme song to Danger Mouse, maybe because it was British and anthropomorphic animals, but I digress. 
Um, the thing that stood out the most about this book to me from the get-go is the pace was really a roller coaster. It opened up with that incredible stagecoach chase, which was interesting. And then it would just slow down to talking between the badger and die. And I don't even know what die stood for. Detective inspector. Yeah. Detective yeah. inspector. And then it, the action would ramp up. They would go into a bar fight scene, or maybe there would be somebody following them or, They'd battle in an alley, and then the action would slow down for me. Um, and Jonesy, I agree with you about the level of detail that was placed into this book. The story, the history, the art, the dialogue. It was dialogue heavy when they weren't in action. But it took so much willpower for me to focus on it that it was just, at times I loved it, at times it was a chore. So I'm not going to sit here and say I hated it, but it was just kind of there to me. Dale <sighs> Anders Gray, you, you fought to get this book on a book club for what feels like years. I, it, it has been two years. I would every once in a while I'd bring it up in an email and then it would just like get ignored. So I just leave it because I'm not going to press criminal. the issue. Uh, what was that? Cri- criminal? Um, criminal? <laughs> and finally, I've had this book built up in my head for so long that I was excited to read it. And I, lo- I loved it, but I, I think I had this masterpiece set up in my head like it was going to totally blow me out of the water. And there were some parts to the to the book that were just kind of okay for me. I loved it for the most part. I thought the... The world building, as Jonesy said, that Brian Talbot built up was was quite great. I think he was able to use the visual imagery of steampunk, but use it in a way where he didn't feel it didn't feel like you had to explain everything, but it worked. But you know, it didn't need like a whole lot of screen time to see or you had to be impressed with it. I, I don't know. There was like a feeling of that. I'm I'm spouting just words out of my mouth right now that don't make no, any sense. No, I know sense, what you mean. Like when you when he names an item that's like a phone but they call it something else, you just accept it because the characters right. in this world accept it. Right. And he does a great job of helping you along with that immediately. It's, just, it's like immediate uh, understanding. And I, I thought the art was really great. I thought it was a little jarring at times between the computer, like there was, the, especially the the stagecoach scene. It was almost it reminded me of Rust, mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of went back into this uh, kind of animation, but with the computer in the back imagery in the background. It was a little a little jarring for me. But I th- I think maybe it was I I give him credit because maybe this is his first attempt and maybe the next two volumes are even even better you know so i'm looking forward to reading the other two volumes i um the only my biggest concern slash wonderment about the book was and this is maybe my ignorance to a a agent of Scotland Scotland Yard, a detective inspector. But I kind of had a feeling like 
I didn't kind of know where LeBrock's ethics laid. And especially when he, like, essentially blew up that priest who obviously was corrupt, but I didn't know what his role was as far as upholding the law. Was he sent, was he like a, was he Jason Bourne sent from Scotland Yard to do what he needed to do? He, he, and, he pretty roughed up that frog pretty hardcore. Yeah. He did rough up the frog, but um, there were times when they would show his humanity, no pun intended, like when he checked into the hotel and the human is clearly having trouble taking his bag full of weights, so he's mm-hmm. trying to help him, which I interpreted as compassionately. So you know he cares. Yeah. Yeah, He's you can definitely tell he's a good guy, and I think and I like the way... Brian Talbot wrote it, wrote it him, wrote him as you know, kind of a BA. Like he's built. They even say it in the book, he's built like a brick s house. He's a huge badger. He can take on multiples at once. He has the cane sword. Like oh yeah, that was chief, pretty blind bad. Swordsman. But I didn't know like that. That all kind of made sense to me in trying to defend himself and stuff. But when he was interrogating the priest. And like dumping the brandy all over the place, and then just blew him up. I didn't know if it just didn't feel right for what. He, like he's a, an officer of the law. Mm. I I don't know, but that was like that's the biggest kind of I don't know question lingering. I don't know. I, I thought slim. I thought the art was pretty fantastic, and I I remember I was I didn't expect that art that I got in like the first couple pages. I I guess I had a picture of a book in my head that I was totally wrong. Mm -hmm. The, um, I mean, when Jonesy was first describing his opinions, I was spot on for his first half where I thought it just didn't do anything for me. And when the ground zero page showed up, I was like, Whoa, what is going on here? And I couldn't remember when the book was published. Um, Mm -hmm. so then the, um, so so once the nine eleven parallels started showing up a bit more, I was like, uh. mm-hmm. and then they sh- they literally talked about the haziness with the people that flew the planes, and then it was revealed that the government the government was involved. There was a cadre of patriots that thought that the world needed to be balanced, and I was like, uh. mm-hmm. and then it was revealed that they that Napoleon was involved. Or like the emperor, and I was like, oh, the president was involved. Uh. And I just felt like it was maybe incorrectly on my part, but it still had this scent of tr- of truthers in the storyline, which I wasn't feeling all that mm-hmm. much. And in my head, I was like, would this be a popular or regarded story and maybe I have no idea if it is to be honest I think I thought maybe I thought it was because Dale was wanted to read it would it be if they were human characters what if it wasn't anthropomorphic and the and the plot was the same and it was like and all would these it, it things happened too heavy yeah like it, it like if it was just an American maybe maybe it was maybe it was still Europe or what have you would it still have that kind of you know the storyline's okay because it's anthropomorphic and it's not America, but it's mm-hmm. literally nine eleven and the president was in control of the whole thing. Like that's how I read it. 
however correct or otherwise. It, 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 I think it could definitely be interpreted that way. I think I could have easily, and I could still easily see it that way. I think I'm maybe giving it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's taking taking liberally, you know, truths for his story, detective storyline about, uh, you know, this tropey kind of keeping people in line. And that certainly parallels 9-11. Uh, I don't know if that was the case or not, but yeah, I, I think it could definitely be interpreted that way. And mm. there is a lot of reference, like the dirigibles going, like being incinerated to the point where they couldn't identify anything about the the equipment used. But then there's like, you know, they sprinkled like passports from, you know, Brit British yeah. uh, radicals, radicals, anarchists. Anarchist, yeah, um, but I, th- I think it set the stage for for me enough to like the t- detective inspector LeBrock. Like I like him and his partner enough to where I would read the next two volumes of this definitely, and I I would still recommend anybody read this just to see the the art and how things are handled. Um, how about I, that? Chicky, and, how about that chicky banged? Yeah, that that that's what you call the honey badger. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the other volumes? So is this some ongoing, or are they like graphic novels? I think there's three no, or four av- available, Slim. Yeah, there's three, and there I I when I I didn't know anything about this book. I just knew I needed to read it, and that and it this actually stems back to when I first started to try to listen to comic book podcasts before we had our own. Mm-hmm. And I heard this book talked about on one of the awful Skype casks <laughs> back in the day, and they talked it up, and they made it sound very interesting. And that's ever since then I've wanted to read it. So I'm glad I was able to read it and have a forum for us to talk about it together, because mm-hmm. it's been in my head for so long that you know I I feel like it's I finally put it in its resting place. If I just did this for one of the roundtable segments, it probably wouldn't feel as good. Mm-hmm. And I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't have read it for that. But there are two other volumes, and one is most recently as a few months ago. I think maybe Does he go to the Iraq War? Does he try to <laughs> uncover the uh, secrets behind the Iraq War? And Saddam is uh, is made up by the the emperor. It's called the, the Grand Rack, though. Grand Grand <laughs> Grand Afghanistan. Grand Villian Operation Grand Villian Freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, jokes. Uh, but um, I recommend folks pick this up. The hardcovers aren't that bad. Uh, maybe 15 or $20. And I, I would definitely buy this in hardcover. I bought it on the Digital Dark Horse app, but I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. I, I think it's a, a beautiful work of art enough to have it in your hardcover collection. You have anything to say, Jensen? Uh, I totally backpedaled. This book is great. I agree with Dale. You should go pick it up. Just give it a chance. And if you don't like right. it, we can still be friends. But it's definitely like nothing else that is available right now. Sorry. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. 
letters at paperkeg.com. One of the biggest letter weeks we've ever had. We got to start early. Uh, Mark, uh, he might fall asleep while reading these letters. That's just something we got to face head on. This <laughs> is the highlight of the show. First letter is coming from Steven, a.k.a. at Protolexis. Hey, boys, new listener here. and wanted to let you know what a fantastic show I think you have. I'm an avid podcast consumer, and i got to say that you guys have the best chemistry on air that I've ever heard, and I and just can't fair. get enough. You really float my boat, so to speak. If it's not too late, I wanted to submit my suggestion for the 100th episode. I love anything Chris Ware and would love to hear your take on Jimmy Corrigan. I found myself wanting to laugh and cry at the same time so many times while reading it, and I'm desperate to know if it would pull your little heartstrings in the same way. Keep doing what you're doing, and thanks for the show. Steven. Proto-Lexus. We met him at Free Comic Book Day. Good guy. Heck of a guy. Guy's a, guy's a pretty stand-up act, let me tell you. He uh, introduced himself, which we love, and then he, spoilers, brought us a six-pack of beer. Mm. He is automatically one of the best listeners Spoilers, ever. Spoilers, we love number, that. He could be number one. He could, could be. be the number one listener based on that fact. Proto Lexus on the Twitter. Thanks, thanks for that. I've heard of the book club he just recommended, but I again, I don't know anything about it. So interesting. That one is an anthropomorphic that uncovers Watergate, <laughs> uh, Grand Gate, Gate. Poor Granville. Cut down at its prime by Slim's irony. Could be worse. He could be cutting down criminal. It will never do it. I'll never know. Yeah. True. Never. It'll be the last show. The last <laughs> show I do will do criminal. No. The next show on the flap should be a discussion on criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my house, Mark. After I finish reading these letters, next one up is from Chris G983. Best fireside ever. Dale's taste in music truly astounds me. Other than that, great show. Looking forward to the big 100. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure when you write in. I think the last fireside we had, you played Daft Punk. Mm, God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And right after that show, I think I remember I joked about Amazon and you having some kind of deal. I remember I opened up the Twitter app and I saw Amazon underscore MP3 retweet right in my feed. <laughs> I knew it right then and there. Look. Pharrell, God damn, you beautiful man. Like the legend of the Phoenix. Letters segment sponsored by Amazon MP3 and the Cloud <laughs> Player. Brought to you by Dale underscore A. Sorry, Mark. You got more apartment hunting to get to after this. House hunting. House hunting. House hunting in bed. It's going to be glorious. Next Wrong letter is coming up from Roy. Have you guys read Injustice number 17? In the panel on page 21 where Batman is interrupted while he punches boards was gruesome. 
Batman's pace will give me nightmares for years to come. This is one of the very few books I keep up with on the day it drops. Everything else is by trade or sale. Why can't more big two comics be more than reasonably priced? And Roy was kind enough to send us a picture of that panel that he's talking about. Roy, Injustice is a book I go out of my way to avoid. And I <laughs> try to warn new listeners and new readers to do the same. That wow. book is so popular, and I love it. Are you kidding that me? Is, that is like the ultimate popcorn Justice League book. This is I love it. It's not the Justice League. It's not continuity. It doesn't it is, matter. It's my Justice League, my friend, Did, Boyo. As the new DC historian, it's my Justice this, League. Did anyone else this, see Mark's inner nerd just roar right there when it says, not in continuity, and his head got all shaky? It's beautiful. You got to care. This uh, image that Roy sent us, uh, Batman looks like sloth from the Goonies put on Batman's <laughs> cape and cowl. I mean, that is awful. That's my Batman. That is my Batman. <laughs> yeah, you, he looks like he could eat his own foot at any second. Okay? What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> That's some kid. I'm telling you, that book is mega popular, too. That Injustice <laughs> series. I know it is. I know. I know. Tops the charts. People love it. People want quick, consumable, violent, death, 99 cent Justice League comics. And that book is it. This is some kid's poor first fun exposure about to the Batman and the Justice League. So, do we get any more letters, Mark? We got like 20 more. We're lollygagging right now. <laughs> Go read Injustice. 99 cents. Don't do it. You'll hate yourself. Next up is from Very Exciting. Hey, guys. Mark was right about Injustice. And after... <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how he got that in so quick. Thanks. Very exciting. Wow. Up to the minute. Editor's note, that is the first time I've ever doctored a letter in my favor. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, from very exciting. After listening to your FCBD podcast, I put on some blast celebrity interview podcasts to continue the distraction of my brain from the dull drums of doing dishes, and I was struck by a thought. All of these crappy interview shows have 10 minutes of ads in front of them and don't entertain half as much as the free, ad-free, excuse me, Paper Keg podcast. It must cost a good chunk to keep the show up and running, guys. Do you have a donation button somewhere that I don't know about? How can I support the quality programming we get each week from the Paper Keg Empire? God bless you. Very exciting. Dang. We prefer six packs of beer delivered to us in brown paper bags. Preferably (laughs) delivered during family show events so that we can look like (laughs) degenerates. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get all excited about it as we look in the brown bag. (laughs) That was very nice. Um, Very nice letter. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, well, you know, I think we said from the very beginning we never do ads. We never do audible ads. Just wasn't what uh, this type of podcast was. Tell you what kind of ads we definitely won't be doing. Sherry's berries. <laughs> I ruined Mother's Day with share some Sherry's berries. So paper keg doc, paper keg's not so not sponsored by Sherry's Berries right now. How did you ruin Mother's Day? Should we let's save it for the flap without Gen Z? Yeah, I'm I'm just dropping little seeds to try to promote our other show hashtag uh-huh. flap. Uh-huh. Reco- maybe uh-huh. we'll, maybe let's record one Sunday night. Yeah, maybe let's we'll do it, together. guys. You guys do it. Okay, go do it. Oh, Sounds like a plan. We uh, we I'm not. I don't think we'll ever have donate button either. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Uh, I think. I mean, we got the equipment. We're we're humming along nicely. If um. 
if anything, I might need something other than this MacBook Air because it's like doing all it can. This is like... A little engine that could. It is. I mean, and I love it. It's spectacular. But one of these days, I may just need to, uh, you know, get a little something beefier to mm. support the uh, multifunctions that's going on. But you never, you'll never find a donate button. You know, I don't think we're ever going to do anything like that. And even if we did something with, I don't know, interviews or, or anything like that, it, we would never have ads, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it classy around here. You know what, yeah. very, but thank you. very exciting, or anybody else who's feeling generous and wants to give to the show and or donate, seriously, corny as it sounds, spread the love about the show. Tell somebody, yeah. review us, let people in on the secret that is Paper Cake Podcast. That is, and keep writing. That is honestly the best form of yeah. gratitude and thanks we can get. You know, someone asked me about when we're going to do the next barcade meetup. Oh, man. man, wasn't that fun? That was Let's good. Planet, that's a, we're coming up with a year anniversary of that. We might have to, might have to do it again. Good heavens! Good I think heavens. we're all still we using Path back then too. Yeah, you started us all on Path. You thought it was the greatest thing ever. I did, and then a month later, I think I deleted it from my iPhone. <laughs> Best delete ever. Mark Farrington, we get any of the letters? Yeah, they're still coming. We still got a few letters. Thanks for that, guys. God bless. Next one up is from Rich. Hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time writer. Just wanted to suggest a book for the 100th episode, Mark Grunewald's mid-'80s Squadron Supreme. The Squadron was a Justice League analog in the Marvel U, but the creative team had the freedom to go places a Justice League book couldn't go. The resulting 12-issue mini is surprisingly deep and is one of my favorite series of all time. By the way, if you're looking for new books to read, check out Journey into Mystery. It's a big, tremendous fun, but I never see anybody talking about it. Anyway, pre-congrats on 100, and perhaps I'll see you at Free Comic Book Day. Thanks for the letter, Rich. I think we, I think we did, in fact, meet Rich. He was there with Knives Chow, mm. and uh, he hung around. He was a, he's a good guy, and we had some good conversation. Mm-hmm. I think and we actually did talk about um, Grunwald and his ashes, right? Oh, yeah. Sounds familiar. I think that's definitely a good candidate for a book club, whether it's 100 or not. Mm -hmm. Confirmed. Agreed. I've never read Squadron Supreme, but it's on the list of what I'd love to read. Man, 12 issues scares me, though. Yeah, 12 (laughs) issues of 80s comics? My God. Secret Wars all over again. That's like 24 issues. Last time we did that was uh, Secret Wars. Last time we did that was the entire Punisher run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was 20 issues, 19 issues. That was a great episode. That was. That might go down as my favorite episode. Really? Yeah. Rocket Keg. Save it for episode 100. (laughs) Next letter is from Panooch. Hey, guys. Had a lot of fun hanging out at the comic book shop last week and even getting to contribute to the show. I was reminded, though, that upon returning to work, I had forgotten to address a challenge to you by one of my students. They all know I love comics, and I have gotten several to read them as well, but almost no one will go near superhero books. I asked one of them recently why this was and was told, quote, All superhero stories are the same three parts. First, they talk about their background and how they became a superhero. Second, they get hurt by the bad guy. Then they defeat the bad guy at the end. The o- they only have the hero to get hurt to make it seem suspenseful, end quote. While I think a lot of this comes from the movies and their continual inclusion of origins, he asked that I bring this challenge to regular readers in hopes that they might find a superhero story that is middle school appropriate and has a bit more story and depth. Thanks as always, Panooch. 
Since when did America's middle schooler want anything but superhero? Yeah, really. Tropey stories. These, so, these kids are so deep. cynical. I feel good about our future. Yeah, right. <laughs> They're going to be the ones paying for our social security. So let's uh, let's keep it up, America. You know what? Pinch? I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting for Jonesy to say secret identity. <laughs> you want to just say it to appease him? Yeah, but that talks about his origin. He gets hurt by the the villain. And then he ultimately, he, I mean, it's like a vague scene where he's never really down and out. He gets zapped by that electric gun and falls in the ocean. But he never goes after a bad guy. There's no main villain. It's just anonymity. Yeah, I, I, the loss of anonymity is the villain. Then you've talked me into it. I would say Superman Secret. Panooch. Thank you. Jonesy loves backpedaling. Panooch, you take that GD book to your kids. And you just let them, their beautiful minds, read and become one with that story. Show them a picture of Big Papa Jonesy with that cigar at free count book day. <laughs> and that's where they're getting that recommendation from. You know what, Panooch? I would take a suggestion on a Stan Lee's book. I wouldn't necessarily recommend anything for kids that's on their level. I would recommend something that's a good story that might be above them and trust them to have the intelligence to escalate to it. So Watchmen. That being said, <laughs> no, definitely not. Actually, yeah, no, nah, they did a movie on it. <laughs> I go a lot back. of emotions around here. A lot of a lot of change, we are just changing minds. Like emotional them, pendulums. I would tell them something like Identity Crisis. That is not appropriate. No, for that is schoolers. definitely not age appropriate. Do you remember the hard R that happens in that book? The hard R. Um, off panel. Thank you. I mean, you saw her hand. Don't her hands. Don't don't his hands go on her hands and he like burns them while it's happening from behind? They've seen worse. What? They don't see worse than that. Fine, Kingdom Come. Superman, we all know Superman's origin. He battles McGrog, Cable, <laughs> and then he uh, rejoices in the end. Slim, what would you recommend? He rejoices in the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I said uh, I said secret identity for Jonesy. Just because it's so, I mean, you should read Lost Dogs. Oh, God, Lost no, Dog, don't Jeff do that. Lemire. Yeah, good luck, middle go. school. Speaking <laughs> of Lost That's Dogs. That's life. Did you know Jeff Lemire did Adventures of Superman number two? No. It's good. Fear Agent. Tell him to read Fear oh, Agent. jeez. It's a story about redemption. All right? <laughs> redemption. redemption. You got, now, you're going to have to loop out yourself for that one. Uh, right. Tell those kids to... Um, Stop whining so much. Oh, my word. about that? Panooch. Got any more letters, Mark? Uh, that's a way to <laughs> nurture their brain. They ask a deep yeah. question. Stop whining, kids. Next letter is from K, dear PK crew. As we hear on the show so many times, I'm a long-time listener and love the show because I feel like I'm a part of the circle. I don't get to participate in much comic talk with friends and family, so you guys really help fill that void. I wanted to make a few book recommendations, and hopefully they haven't already been done or suggested. My list would be the latest Conan the Barbarian. Loving the series. Mm. God. Fear Agent, for obvious reasons. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. This guy's appealing to the masses right now. Uh The latest Thor. Oh. Who, this guy, who is this, this is guy? the equivalent. This is the this is the letter equivalent of bringing us a six pack of beer. <laughs> because I hate Thor, but love this book and anything relating to Marvel's onslaught storyline. Because I want to trim Slim, I want to troll <laughs> Slim. My bad. In closing, I just want to say you guys are magnificent at your craft, and I respect the blood, sweat, and tears you guys put in every week. 
P.S. Wow. Thanks. I don't think anyone ever tells you how appreciated it is that you keep the show PG to PG 13 ish. It lets me listen to you guys in front of the fam and hopefully raise some mini keggers. Oh, wow. Could be the greatest letter that's of all awesome. time. That is yeah, a great that's a, letter. That's a wonderful letter. Thank you. What's his, who was that? K? That was from K. Agent K? Agent K. Well, thanks, man. That w- or woman. Thank you very much. It was great. That is a great, was letter. A great letter. Thank you. Especially I'd like to. In- I'd like to know how Kay got listening. Especially when Kay mentioned Fear Agent. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part. Shocker. If uh, if Kay, there was only one more. If Kay brought up Dan Jurgens, <laughs> Slim would, uh, Jones would be climbing the walls. He would be humping Usagio back there. You that see my uh, a like a rape. He'd be a rape ape climbing around. You see that, my uh, John Snow next to uh, my Usagi there. I put that up for you there, but as you're leaning on your Hylian shield, you bought it. Free comic book. Yeah, day. let's just say I spent of money at uh, Free Comic Book Day. It only comes once a year, bud. It's like right. my Christmas. Get any other letters, Mark? Yeah, we're still going on through. <laughs> <laughs> next one's from Jacob Beaumont. J-Bo. I've been racking my brains trying to come up with the quality book you must read for episode 100. Then I realized that maybe I can just throw a book out there to get entered into the contest, regardless <laughs> of quality, because I am a greedy a-hole. That's it. That's all you got to do. Brace yourselves for Stan Lee Presents, a Marvel Knights joint, Jenkins and Lee, no, not Jim Lee, but the J. Lee, Inhumans. Because Black Bolt and the Inhumans are B.A., it's that simple. I will read any book that an Inhuman is featuring in, even that goofy A. Fishman Triton. Lastly, as an aside, I can't bring myself to click quote-unquote like on the PK Facebook page. It's terrible. Mm. I was told by a certain VP that I had to ask a certain Slim about why it was so terrible. Just awful. Love you guys anyway. I'm getting thrown under the bus. Jacob. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I read that letter and I was like, well, thanks a lot, Dale. Thanks a lot, (laughs) Mr. I I don't want a Facebook page, so someone else do it. That's what I read it as. VP of uh, merch, Dale underscore. Well, our our Facebook, you know, after I got that letter, we took it up a notch. We hired a a social media czar out of our our slim budget. We hired Mm -hmm. somebody. They're taking it over. It's getting a little bit better. Yeah? I think it's on. I think it's on its way up. It's only... Just begun over there on on Facebooks, you know. It's going to be something special when that guy gets gets uh, moving and grooving on it. You know, Dale. I'm already I'm already texting my friends, telling them to like that page, whatever that does. <laughs> <laughs> does now does liking a page like if it's I like same, something? It's the same thing. Google Plus. They got that little thumbs up, do wacky with a plus sign. It's all the same. But so if I went if I had a Facebooks page right, <laughs> and I went to uh, Paper Keg. <laughs> The Facebook. If I like it, does that show up in my timeline yes. so I can spread the word? It shows that we become a person in your timeline. Okay, and then and so then other people would notice. Mm-hmm. Unless you're getting, like Jonesy, I think I can't tell if we're getting a Lufington here right now. No, I really don't know. Okay, I but I did. I I had my sister like the page. Yeah, and my friend Haley liked the page too. So we're spreading the word, people. Spread the word. If, uh, yeah, if you guys are on Facebook out there, go to Paper Keg and like the page and start interacting, and uh, we would love that. Or I'll shut it down. I, will, I won't hesitate to shut that down. Yeah, exactly. Be careful. 
Dale doesn't know the answer to a question, and he asked to get more information, and he's fine. I didn't know Amy Winehouse died, and I'm aloof. <laughs> really? I mean, this that was the beginning of the Aloofington legend. Oh, there's there was, uh, many more. I didn't there, know Amy no, Winehouse that, this was, died. That was, the, that was the very first one. We were all at a party. It was my birthday. And it was the, it was Just the came day back from Amy a funeral Winehouse on my was found day. dead. Birthday. And uh, I don't even know what the question was. But Whatever was happened so to Amy aloof. Winehouse because she was playing yeah. on the, the radio. What are the chances that Mark, of all people, <laughs> the, the Aloofington we know now, comes up to me at a party. My birthday party, Amy people. Winehouse, the day she was found dead. <laughs> Right, and I looked and at him with the cocky, like the 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 stinkiest eye I could give him. Or I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> with only the my now fiance there to defend me, going, "No, he really I didn't." Don't, no. I don't think she defended you. I think she corroborated my story of you being aloof, and you wanted to you wanted that moment where we were like, "Whoa, Mark, you didn't know Amy Winehouse was found dead." Right. You do that with Michael Woo, Jackson. Look at you. You do that with Michael the Jackson. With, and the problem with Mark is everything he says, he has like a side smile to it. So yeah. you don't know if he's messing with you. Like, you just never know. He could tell you the worst news ever, but it'd be with a side smile. <laughs> and you don't know how you're supposed to take Every it. Every comedic parent needs a straight man. I can deliver the most random, absurd line with a straight face. Man, I am that one just was basking serious. in the fact that they're going after your blood instead of mine. It feels, it feels we, like a warm blanket I'm over here. I'm defending that one to the day I die. We got one more letter. Then in the fireside, <laughs> we'll talk about Amy Winehouse and me not knowing. Oh, please, let's not. Uh, next, we're not. I'm already done with it. Next letter is from Tim. Tim, sorry it took so long to get to your letter, buddy. <laughs> <clears throat> this letter is dedicated to Dale, mostly. Last week, you talked about alien salvation. I've always been a huge fan of the alien comics in the late 80s and early 90s. Red Alien Book 1, it collects two stories. Outbreak, which takes place 10 years after the James Cameron Aliens movie. It follows Newton Hicks. The second book, which has excellent art and covers, is called Nightmare Asylum, which picks up right after Outbreak. The third is Earth War, not collected with the first two, is also great. I love these books. My copies are ragged from wear. Sadly, after that crappy Alien 3 came out, they changed the names of Newton Hicks and all future print copies. You may just have to mentally replace the names back. Lastly, for fun, read the Wildcats Aliens crossover. I know it sounds like garbage, but it was written by Warren Ellis and had actual character deaths and story implications from the end of Stormwatch and forming of the Authority. It was a huge shock when it came out because most crossovers like Batman vs. Alien or Superman vs. Terminator were such trash. He's absolutely right about that. P.S. Jonesy should take solace in the notion he is the fifth favorite host on one of the best po- comic book podcasts. Tim. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's nice to know Tim, that I you am have the just, fifth love. Tim has fueled a fire that I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about since I read that Aliens book. Like, I love the Alien movies. I'm not. I'm probably not a, a crazy diehard fan. I don't know all the trivia and stuff, but the... Um, the mythology there is just something I took for granted in the fact that I knew there was alien comics, but it's almost like I didn't take it seriously, and probably there hasn't been anything recent to change my mind. And probably I started getting into, like, um, I don't want to say other what the word is, other properties, but, like, the Gears of War comic and the Gears of War novels kind of set me off in a direction to where 
there there are these side projects for you know intellectual property that can be equally as entertaining if not better than the um original material and since then i've aliens ha- i haven't i haven't been able to stop thinking about aliens so hopefully i get to read that too i know there's some hardcovers collected by dark horse that collects all the old stuff like aliens omnibuy and i can't wait to check it out thanks tim cricket noises thus concluded <laughs> our letter writing or reading for this episode longest letter segment in the history of a podcast i think we could probably make that its mm-hmm. own fireside but the amount of love that went on <sighs> we're going to need a uh, a j mopper for one of those j mopper adult bookstores to clean up after us um next episode will be our 100th episode we will be picking the book club live your choice hundred dollars cash <laughs> maybe we'll reminisce about our favorite moments top five favorite moments in comic book shop gift certificates <laughs> uh shoot us a review on itunes if you want if not go jump off a cliff <laughs> We'll see everybody next week. Colombia. So what about that? Oh. What about that murder scene of a lightning? Whatever we had, remember that lightning round? Nobody remembers. No, we didn't follow that format at all. Somebody went on such a lightning tangent that it needed to be saved for a fireside. Well, maybe this isn't the right forum. Gen Z, what was your, what was your book? Adventures of Superman issue number one? And you thought oh. the story stunk? I thought it was worse than that cesspool you get at the bottom of a porta potty. Wow. The blue liquid. But how about that Somni art? Incredible. Each page was a delight to look at. I wonder what um, Orson Scott Card's story was, because that was the original first issue. This was the second issue. Really? Oh, yeah. Yep. I, didn't know I thought that. Orson had three issues, actually. Uh, I don't know. But, I mean, I, I didn't love the the... Jake Parker story, the drug addict. No, it was terrible. I mean, Superman didn't even save him. That's what I'm talking about. And Lex Luthor drives away in a limousine, 15 feet from Superman, and like, uh, super hearing. Hello, can he hear through the effing limo? He was dazed and rattled. (laughs) Are you making up excuses right now, Mark? What did you think of the story? It's okay. Serviceable. So good. It's okay. okay. Yeah, whatever. Whatever happened. Superman have a cake on a cape on? Sold. (laughs) (laughs) It was garbage. Uh, What about uh what about the Jeff Lemire one? Did you read that one? Only the three intro pages. I will be reading it tomorrow morning. Hmm.
What else was uh, rebottled? I think Any other? You had you were lightning stopped. Yeah, you kept you couldn't. kept going on oh, about yeah. your book. We did not follow I that format the, at all. Obviously, <laughs> you threw it, you throw it right out the window. <laughs> I stopped eventually. Uh, we're running way late. Those letters really an hour and twelve minutes right now, guys. Wow, that's that's long. We got a lot of love from people. Maybe. Yeah, nice. we did get a lot yeah, of love. Fun. That makes me feel good. That makes me feel real GD good. So I think maybe we should think back and, and come up with three moments <laughs> from the last yeah. hundred episodes. So between now and next Thursday, we got to we gotta come up with... Uh, it, it's like two days away. A <laughs> hundred a- yeah. plus hours of... Uh, Come up with podcast to get top three moments. Let's go to karaoke right, GDM now. And I want to sing this to you. Come on. As soon as Mark reveals the, his weekly schedule, we will be recording 100 right after we hang up on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredibly convenient. So three top moments, just moments in the show, in the show's favorite history, favorite moments. In paper keg history, oh, man. I will be re-downloading every one of our episodes and skewing the download numbers. <laughs> so, can we all agree to take paper keg nights out of everybody's top three? Because we'll just end up talking about that for an I hour. Maybe my top three moments. I promise you. I think maybe I'll have to veto my own top three moments when I yelled at Jonesy for not giving a crap about oh. audio. <laughs> I will Im- immediately move that into my win column for you. Because <laughs> that was one of the best freakouts ever. So if anyone's listening to this, please clip it out. So then just send me the file and I can play it. <laughs> <laughs> if you gave a G damn about the audio on this <laughs> podcast, you were like the Christian Bale of Paper Keg. Oh, how about the time when uh, Jonesy started cursing at Dave in the uh, fireside of that one episode? <laughs> I was hopped you up on morphine or something crazy. You were you lost it. You started. that was the original ham. That's when the ham began <laughs> because he just knew. He knew what he was doing the whole time. It's not like he goes into a blind fury <laughs> and loses and like blacks out like Bruce Banner. He knows exactly what he was up to. No. And he just needed to add that little spice to the show. Mm-hmm. Jonesy spice. It's just a little oregano, mm. babe. Right on top. <laughs> so when are we we have to pick the, the book soon. Like yeah, we'll be tonight. Mark's got to we'll finish his spreadsheet. Yeah, as soon as Mark updates the spreadsheet, we will pick a book. There's a random selection feature in Excel, right? Yeah. All I hear is 80s I think music. So. You know what's Google, you crazy? You can go Google like a number generator and find Mark one. Farrington is wearing actual sneakers right now. What? They're not Crocs. They're not sandals. I'm looking right at them. I wonder how much time we've spent in fireside chats talking about my footwear. Not enough. Evidently. Whatever that number is, we need to double it. You have a foot fetish, don't you? Winehouse. Whatever happened to Amy Winehouse? (laughs) What? It's my birthday. What? (laughs) That was a good night. Uh, That was a good night. 